Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane and it's Thursday, August the 13th. In this week's podcast, we're talking about music and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Dr. Paul Glazew. Paul, you're in Australia. Come in, introduce yourself with your title and affiliation, please. I'm Professor of Evidence-Based Healthcare at Bond University here in Australia and also a general practitioner by clinical background. Excellent. And Paul, you're the author of a comment that we're publishing today alongside a systematic review, which is looking at the effect of music on post-operative comfort and pain. Before we talk about your comment, could you just give us an overview of, of the research that you're commenting on, which was done in the UK? It's a systematic review, and it's looking at this perhaps rather obvious question of, of whether actually playing music before, maybe during and after surgery can actually improve the patient's experience. Don't we know this already that presumably it does? There have been quite a number of trials. This systematic review put all of those trials together. And I don't think, as you say, the, the overall result is surprising. I think most of us would feel it's quite intuitive, but it's useful, first of all, to have the evidence of that. But there are also some wrinkles and refinements in analysing all of these trials and putting them together. In summary, using music reduced post-operative anxiety and pain. And of course, they're interrelated. Pain and anxiety sort of go together. If you can relieve one, you'll often relieve the other. And we don't know which of those was the major component that it was relieving first. It didn't shorten length of stay, but did reduce analgesic use. Now, that all seems fairly natural, but there are lots of other subsidiary questions. For example, what sort of music? And it turns out that in the trials they analysed, it looks like it's best if you can actually give people a choice of music. So mostly they had um, relaxing sort of music rather than heavy metal. But the ideal thing, there was it seemed to be a larger effect if you allowed people a personal choice. So some of us may prefer um, Mozart to Schoenberg, for example, and allowing people to choose which they would find the most soothing post-operatively seemed to help. Indeed. One interesting finding, but just ask you to comment on the on the statistics uh, from, from this systematic review, was that actually um, pain symptoms, post-operative pain symptoms, seem to be slightly reduced if music was actually pe- played under general anaesthetic. So the patient would not have been aware that they were listening to the music, but it was going on in the background. How do we explain that one, do you think? It could be a chance finding, though it actually chimes with this, another review that's been done in the Cochrane collaboration with uh, patients on ventilators who are clearly um, uh, under an anaesthetic. Also um, find, get, getting pain relief. And not only that, that, you, that, that they found... Um, reductions in their um, respiration and pulse rate, respiratory drive. Music's a pretty fundamental thing built into us at a a very basic level. There's all sorts of um, amazing abilities that we have musically in terms of being able to detect small changes in tempo and remember um, tempos from, from long ago. So it's a very basic brain function. You do mention, we're giving someone, we're plugging a book here, but you do mention your comment, uh, some further reading, if you're interested in in the brain and music. Do you want to just comment about the book that you mentioned in your comment? Oh, yes. This is Leviton's very interesting um, book. He's a... Um, a musician, but also um, a, a neuropsychologist who, who does research in this area. And I hadn't realised what an active area of research it has been. It shows some very interesting findings, like, for example, this, and this relates to the pain finding, that um, one experiment um, found that if you give people naloxone, the um, sort of anti-opiate or opiate reversant, it blocks off the, the um, joy that you find in music. 
extraordinary. So as you say, um, so, some very complex brain neurochemistry and underlying processes going on, our relationship between music and the brain. Coming back to the findings from, from this um, systematic review and meta-analysis, you do also comment, Paul, um, about the heterogeneity of the findings. I think you say something like this, this leads to an obvious uh, new research question. Where do we go from here in terms of research, do you think? I think this is already ready to implement, and I think the um, the major difficulty will be in um, the logistics of doing it. And I think the obvious choice is to give people the idea that they should bring in their own choice of music. But I do think it leaves lots of interest. As with all good research, it leaves lots of interesting avenues of research to think about the styles of music that you might offer people as a choice, the, the volume of the music, the duration of it, when do you start it? As you say, there was this interesting finding of under anaesthetic, etc. There's not an end to this research, but that doesn't mean that the basic findings of it couldn't be picked up by hospitals and um, surgical theatres now. Indeed. I mean, it's already happening a little bit, some corners of, of medicine, isn't it? I mean, if you go for a scan, if you go for, and have to climb into an MRI scanner, because of the noise that the scanner makes, one of the first things they do is give you a pair of headphones and and pipe some mu music through <laughs> to kind of cancel out some of the some of the noise the dreadful din of of the scanning process so in a way it's almost an extension of that isn't it yes and they're also quite claustrophobic as well but that raises an interesting question of whether it would be better to give people um, their own music again in, in the scanner in a way when people enter hospital they, they move on to very foreign territory where most of their home comforts are stripped away from you. One of them that you could take with you is your own music, which would provide that some sense of, of the home comforts that you have in that environment. And I, I suspect, but again, this is an interesting research question, would lead to um, better relief of anxiety in the case of the scanner or anxiety and pain in the case of post-operative. You could almost see some sort of future randomized trial couldn't you for patients who were randomized to listen to their their own music their own choices of music during the surgical process pre uh, during and, and and afterwards and perhaps music that they wasn't their own but but where but but genres of music provided by the hospital it's possible you could actually research whether certain types of music let's say some beautiful soothing Mozart, some beautiful clear Mozart, which may not be everyone's cup of tea. Some people may not like classical music, but it's possible you could find that some forms of classical music, for example, had a had a had an had an alleviative effect on on people who didn't actually choose to listen to that music at home. So there are there are questions out there, aren't there? Yes, I think that's that's correct, and it's not just genre. You might think also of the um, the tempo and harmony of the music as well. Gently interesting to be distracting, but also of the right um, tempo and volume to, and harmony. Final thought, Paul. You'll notice from your experience um, in, in medicine and in surgery, is it quite common for music to be played during in the operating theatre anyway by some surgeons? So in the operating theatre, I think it's relatively common that surgeons now do that. The variety may not be the right one for the patient, though, <laughs> and that may not be at all linked to whether the, the, the patients are given post-operative music. The other interesting thing is um, whether the music that's right for the surgeon is right for the rest of the staff in the operating theatre, because <laughs> yeah. I think it's usually the surgeon's choice. Well, quite. The few surgeons I've met, I can imagine it not being terribly de democratic.
choice of music. But I mean, seriously, it, it is an interesting start. And just to repeat, Paul, um, you think this should be really implemented straight away? Yes, I think the, the, the simplest thing, as I mentioned, um, and in fact, the authors mentioned, is that you could have in the pre-operative instructions information given to patients just to bring in your own music device to be able um, to be played at certain times in, and that that was built into the routine of the hospital. They asked, can we get your iPod or whatever it is, your music device, because we'll give that to you um, in recovery. For the people who don't bring it along, that's going to be slightly more uh, trickier logistics in whether the, the hospital will have devices and sets of headphones. Do they lend those to you? What sort of music do they put on, etc.? But at least the instruction to the patient would be a good one, a good start. And I'll leave you, Paul, just with this anecdote. I had quite a bit of surgery when I was younger. And once when I was being prepped, given my pre-med to make me drowsy before going to the operating theatre, I was probably about 18 or 19. I was anxious and I put on the hospital radio headphones and they were playing a song by the Rolling Stones. Not, not a particularly heavy, thrashy one, but a, a fairly sort of, sort of melodic ballad, if you like. I remember thinking at the time how it soothed me as I was going into surgery. And when I came round from surgery, the first thing on my mind was the melody from that song that I heard before going into the theatre. And since then, I've quite enjoyed listening to the music of the Rolling Stones. So that's, there's just an, a, an anecdote for you there. But that certainly backs up the findings of the review. That's great, Richard. <laughs> Paul, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Many thanks for your comments on the Lancet podcast. Hope to speak to you again. Okay, thanks, Richard. Bye for now.